Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest, now on Spotify, so listen on Spotify. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, happy May to you, Mara. Well, thank you, Stephanie Sloan. I mean, I last saw you in March, which is crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, last week we had a May Sweeps preview for General Hospital. This week we have the scoop for Days of Our Lives. So I spoke to head writer Ron Carlovati, who said he has a lot of surprises and romance planned, which is good. We will see Ben propose to Sierra and Eric propose to Nicole. And he teases that those might not be the only weddings on the horizon. We will also see Hope and Steve grow closer. Maggie will get some shocking news. And Kate Mancy will make another exit as Abigail. Um, So I always love sweeps months. You know, it really does feel more exciting when the stories ramp up. And for people who are home and picking up soap viewing again, like this is a great time to be tuning in. Yeah, May has long been like such a major moment kind of month in soaps. There have been long-awaited weddings like um, Days' Bow and Hope and All My Children's Jack and Erica and heart-wrenching deaths like YNR's Cassie and GH's BJ. And also some truly legendary characters were introduced in May, including Alan on GH, Paul on YNR, and Lisa on As the World Turns. But this is obviously a unique May in soap history because this year there are only two shows with original episodes. But I do think there is a lot to look forward to, not only with the new shows that Dee's and uh, GH will be airing, but the like really fun walks down memory lane that we'll be getting with B&B and YNR's like, vintage episodes. Oh, definitely. I mean, the Gene Cooper week on YNR has been great. Uh, Nikki and Victor's love story is the next week of shows. And B&B is doing those fun themed weeks um, as well, which I just love seeing these episodes again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one story that GH recently launched that's getting a lot of interest from fans is GH's Molly and her surprise one night stand with Brando. So um, I was totally surprised right along with them, but <laughs> I am way into this story. So it not only gives our guest today, Haley Pulo, some great work to do, but it pulls in the Davis sisters, Sam and Christina, and it ties Johnny Wachter's Brando into the canvas more. Yeah, it really just ticks like all the boxes, I think, for the kind of story that is going to be an instant thumbs up from fans. Um, I almost can't think of 
any couple in soap history to compare TJ and Molly to because they have been together basically without any kind of conflict since like 2012, which in soap couple years is basically the equivalent of being happy together for like 6,000 years. Um, (laughs) But as is so often the case in our beloved genre, having no conflict and being happy equals no storyline. But they are both well-liked, Molly in particular, because she's played by an actress that fans have had the pleasure of seeing grow up on screen. I mean, she started when she was 10 years old and she's Alexis's daughter and so on and so forth. And this story is off to a really great start. I love that I feel bad for all three of the players here. Like I feel bad for Molly because she slept with this guy when she thought that TJ had dumped her and now she's totally guilty about it because it turns out TJ had actually been kidnapped. I feel bad for TJ because he has no idea that his girlfriend slept with another guy. And I also feel really bad for Brando because he clearly really likes Molly and was hurt to find out that she has a boyfriend. And it's it's kind of a simple story when you break it down. But sometimes like the simplest stories can pack a really big punch, you know? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, to me, these are the stories people watch soaps to see. You know, stories that mirror real life situations that are also relatable. I mean, maybe the kidnapping part isn't something that happens to everyone, although it did to me, of course, but that's <laughs> where the heightened drama comes in. You know, at the base level, you want to see how characters navigate the twists and turns of life. Like, that is what soap operas are. That is why I say you don't need tricky camera work. You don't need over the top tales. You just need simple stories with people you're invested in and go from there. I mean, that is why I watch soaps. Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, Tom Pelfrey, who is an alum of Guiding Light, where he played Jonathan, and As the World Turns, where he played Mick, he is currently earning rave reviews on the current season of Ozark. Well-deserved. I I haven't watched it, but I've heard nothing but good things, and I trust your taste. Um, But I was texting with a former coworker of ours who's been watching it and loving it, and she was like, wait, he played James Stenbeck on World Turns? And I was like, no, he played a mad scientist who was brainwashed by James Stenbeck into thinking he was James Stenbeck. (laughs) (laughs) And now that was like a story that took place toward the end of As the World Turns' run. And on one level, it sounds like par for the course for soap storytelling because it's like so outrageous. But on another level, A, that story was not a fan fave or a Mm -hmm. critical one. And it's so far from what made me fall in love with As the World Turns in the first place, which was a tone and a storytelling approach that was so much more grounded. Um, Like I think about Duncan and Jessica navigating an interracial relationship and Susan and Larry's May, December romance. Like maybe we've talked about this before, but it seems like shows often go more outrageous and more in the direction of shock value when uh, they're trying to boost their ratings. But it really makes me wonder what it would have happened if as a world turns had like gone back to basics rather than go sci-fi, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Or where Guiding Light would be had they never shot in Peapack, New Jersey. Right. You know, nothing against Peapack, New Jersey. It's just that it was such a visual departure from, like, what you expect to see from soaps. Yeah. And, like, it's not what a show looks like. It's what's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a reason soaps have endured as long as they have. It's a formula that works. You know, it's a more dramatic look at the human condition. Like, period. I'm not saying that soaps shouldn't take chances with more daring stories, perhaps, but I just don't feel that the audience is tuning in for those kinds of bells and whistles. You know, it's like there's a reason the Jimmy Fallon soap spoof he's doing is silly, you know, and it has those like very dramatic reactions in it, you know, because people have that perception of soaps from like the 80s or what have you. But, you know, if you really watch them today, you'll see that there's such unbelievable acting going on and some stories that are totally engrossing and relatable. 
Yeah. And, and speaking of amazing acting and I think an engrossing and relatable story, our guest today is actually performer of the week in the new issue of Soap Opera Digest. And I could not be more excited to chat with her today about Molly's hot new storyline. So let's get to it. Hi, Haley. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Well, I feel like we are talking to you at the perfect time. You have such a hot story going on right now on the show. So we're going to get to that. But first, we want to go back a little and start at the beginning of your life. Uh-huh. Uh, so you are a California native and you got your start in acting very young. So tell us how your showbiz journey got underway. Well, when I was really little, like four, I I kind of knew that I wanted to do something. I, I wasn't really sure what it was yet. Um, I thought about modeling or like being a rock star or whatever. But then I finally decided on being an actress. And I started begging my parents to sign me up for um, acting classes in Northern California, where I'm from. And they said, no, they were not about it. Um, And so I begged and begged and begged until I was, I think, seven. And they finally signed me up. I mean, after three years of your child begging for something, (laughs) you kind of have to assume that they're serious about it. So they signed (laughs) me up for acting classes. And then through that, I met my my manager and she told me to move out to LA and here I am. How old were you when you guys moved? I was eight. <sighs> that is, uh, that's an impressive family change to make at such a young age. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, all of my siblings are a lot older than I am. And so they were all kind of grown up and, and taking care of themselves by the time I decided that this is what I wanted to do. So my parents came with me and sometimes they would switch off back and forth. So, yeah. So what are your like earliest memories of, of being on set? Oh gosh. Um, everything seemed so big and so foreign to me. I mean, when you're on a South stage and you're like four feet tall, (laughs) 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 um, but it, it was always just so much fun. I, I, I was always so happy to be on any set. What kinds of like jobs did you do before GH? Um, I did a few uh, like co-star and guest star roles. um, And I did some commercials. I did a couple movies. I've actually had quite a few people lately uh, tell me that they have caught the movie that I did when I was really young called The Collector, um, which is a, it's a horror movie. And Apparently, people who are like horror movie buffs, they love The Collector. I've actually never seen it. I've never seen it because I was too young when it came out, so I wasn't allowed. (laughs) Well, when you started booking roles, did you look at your parents like, I told you? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was that, but it was certainly like see, there's something there. (laughs) (laughs) I was on to something here. (laughs) Exactly. Listen to your four-year-old next time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Now, in 2009, you were cast as Molly on GH. Um, So tell us what you remember about your audition process. Oh, my audition process was great. I I had one session with the wonderful Mark Tushner. And he was so sweet to me. And it was just like a really comfortable, casual audition that I felt really confident in. Um, And then I I didn't hear anything for quite a while. I think it was 
almost even like two months later, um, I got the call that I, I had booked it and I didn't get a call back. I didn't do any screen tests with anybody. I, I just, I booked it. And I learned later that, um, Mark had gone to the executive producer at the time and he was like, listen, we can keep running sessions and you can look at more, more girls, but this is our girl. And oh. she was like, all right, go for it. <laughs> awesome. Um, do you, yeah. do you, do you remember your very first day on the G- the GH set? Um, yeah, I, I remember going up to Nancy. Uh, she was getting her hair done and I was like, hi, um, I think I'm your new daughter. <laughs> and she was, she was just so sweet. She was so welcoming. She's like, oh, my new baby. Oh. <laughs> um, now, when you, were, when you started, you were still in school at the time, obviously. Um, yeah. Were there other cast members in the classroom with you when you went to school at GH? Yeah, so Lexi very briefly went to school with me when I started, but I think she graduated early. She graduated when she was 16. And I think she started when she was 16. So that we weren't in school together for very long. Um, but, uh, then also when Morgan was played by a couple minors, they were in school with me. Um, but for the most part, oh, and then as I got a little bit older, Brooklyn, joined school with me and, and Nicholas and um, that was towards the end of my school career. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what was that like? Just going to school there in general? It was a lot more fun when there were other people in school with me because mm-hmm. it wasn't just like me and the teacher, which was pretty boring. <laughs> um, it, it was a lot easier to have fun and, and be goofy when there were other kids. What, uh, is it like to be, I think you started, you started when you were 10, about to turn 11. What is it yeah. like being like 11 or 12 years old and going to work on a soap set and likely being the youngest person in most every room that you were in there? I love that. That was my favorite thing. I, I have always been the youngest person in any group that I'm in. And I don't know why it makes me feel so cool. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm younger than everyone. <laughs> I can do this too. Um, now Molly from the get-go is a pretty precocious kid and very smart, like her parents, Alexis and Rick. Um, tell us about your off-camera relationship with Nancy uh, Lee Gron, who does play Alexis. Oh my gosh. I love Nancy. I, um, actually yesterday was her birthday. And so I got her flowers and uh, a card and I wrote about this in the card. She's just, she really is a second mother to me. She very clearly like cares about me and loves me and I love her and I care about her. And I've always looked up to her so much because she's so talented. And so to be able to have a mother figure who is someone so cool and so respected. That's just, it's, it's the best. I couldn't have asked for a better second mom. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's been a few years since uh, Molly's dad, Rick has been on the canvas, but what was it like working with his portrayer, uh, Rick Hurst for the years that you did? Um, you know, I didn't actually work with Rick until after I had known him for a few years. Um, so we kind of already had this like, father-daughter bond 
and it was really really easy when he um when he came back to gh for a little bit and we had those moments together so it was always so much fun working with him and some other co-stars that fans really take a liking to is uh, Molly and her sisters. So Molly's always had such a close relationship with them, with the possible exception of maybe when Christina was in the cult. Um, <laughs> but why do you think that the whole dynamic of the Davis girls like means so much to fans and is so special to them? I think it's because it's so real. And for people who do have close relationships with their siblings, you know, it's, it's relatable that, because... I mean, in real life, Kelly and Lexi and I really act like sisters with each other. And, and you know, they're older than I am. And so they give me advice. And I, I go to them for advice sometimes. And I think that comes across um, to the viewers when we're on screen together because there really is just so much love between us. Do you have your own favorite Davis Girl moments or scenes with those women that are particularly close to your heart? Oh, um... I always see this one scene. I don't remember what was happening in the scene, but at the very end, we all, we, we do a group hug, which I feel like the Davis girls do a lot. And I love that. <laughs> um, but in this particular group hug, Nancy had like grabbed my head and also Kelly's head and like smacked them together. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this like, <laughs> really ridiculous, goofy moment that everyone loved. <laughs> What's a little concussion among friends? Oh, yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> it's family. Um, well, how would you describe your relationship with Lexi Ainsworth, who plays Christina? Um, So much fun. You know, I I definitely felt a lot younger than her when we were on the show together at first. Um, but when she came back a few years or a couple years ago, um, I felt like our, our ages had kind of evened out a little. So I feel like I'm more her equal <laughs> and <laughs> it's really nice. I, I, um, I love, I love Lexi so much. I, I remember doing an interview with the two of you where I think she was like very upset that she came back and you were taller than her. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm the tallest Davis girl. I'm the youngest and the tallest and I'm only five, three. That's so funny. Um, and then of course there's Molly's other sister, Sam in the mix. Um, tell us about your relationship with Kelly Monaco. Um, I have always kind of like super looked up to Kelly because she's not literally cause you're taller. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I've always kind of wanted to be like her because she's so cool and like pretty and talented. And I don't know. I think Kelly Monaco is the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> she does seem it. I would say in the brief kind of times I've met her, that's the vibe she gives off. So, oh yeah, she's really you know, that's cool. like what it's like. Um, <laughs> And then obviously Molly connects with a lot of other people on the canvas, including her uncle Sonny, played by Maurice Bernard. Tell us about your relationship with Maurice. Oh, I love Mo. He's just, he's like a teddy bear. He, he kind of, he tries to put on this like scary face, but you know, it's just an act. And so it's always, <laughs> it's, it's a fun time with him. Um, I remember little Molly as being like an OG 
JSAM stan and was very invested in Jason and Sam making it down the aisle. What is your like favorite story about working with Steve Burton? Um, I still remember the time when I sat Jason down or Molly sat Jason down to talk about Sam. And I had this one line, he, he like starts to get up off the couch and he walks away and I go, I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember in rehearsal, um, Steve looked so bewildered. He was like, oh, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's how we're doing this. <laughs> that was such a fun day. I really loved those scenes with him. Um, now, Mara and I were talking about the Molly and TJ relationship and how it's like probably at this point the longest relationship in soaps. Um, (laughs) um, It started back in 2012 when Chris Myers created the role, which then went to to Taquan Richmond. Um, So do you remember being excited to get a love interest or were you like shy or nervous about it at the time? I was so excited, but I think I was like 12 or 13 and I, I didn't like really want my parents to know that I liked boys yet. And so I was like, oh, that's gonna be so weird. Wait. <laughs> I was really excited. I loved it. <laughs> did you screen test everybody or did they just hire some did they hire Chris and then you met him after that? Um, I didn't screen test with Chris, uh, but I did screen test with some people when Taquan came on. Um was that fun to like be on the other side of the casting process? That was so much fun. Uh, I think that was my first time ever screen testing with anybody and being like, not, not the one hoping to get the job. Right. right. <laughs> so that, that was really fun. And then um, I also screen tested with some people when Taj came on too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Haley, you telling me, and you now have to tell Steph the story of the unwelcome visitor on set when you had to do your first screen kiss. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> my, I think, I think this is what you're talking about. I had made my mother who was on set with me that day. I had made her swear up and down that she would go downstairs and she wouldn't watch that scene. And <laughs> So while we were taping, I, I was just assuming that it was it was totally fine. My mom wasn't watching me. Everything was good. And I just like, I went for it, you know? <laughs> and, then, God. and then we finished and I look over and I see my mom standing right there. And I, oh my God, I was mortified. It was well, you know, terrible. It's funny, though, to think that it was like you were cool with it with everyone who was on set. Right. But the one person who you didn't want it to happen in front of was your mother. Exactly. I mean, hey, would you want your first kiss to be in front of your mother? No. <laughs> I totally hear you. Yeah. And then if memory serves, when uh, Molly and TJ were intimate, you had to do like have like Nancy come in. To your like bedroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think honestly, I think my mom was on set for those scenes too. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't catch a break, Haley. I know. <laughs> she just wanted to watch all the drama. <laughs> 
Um, now, TJ and Molly, like at least in soap terms, have had a pretty smooth romantic road for the most part. Um, sure. So over the years, had you ever wished that the show would throw like a big complication into the Tolly relationship or focus more on it like before right now? Yeah, um, I, I've always kind of been waiting for a little bit of a mix up because it it's been eerily smooth. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I think a storm is long overdue. <laughs> so you touched on the fact that there was another TJ recast not too long ago. It was in 2018 when Taj took over when Daquan left the show. So what was it like to have your leading man recast after working with Daquan so closely for what, like six years at that point? Yeah, I think it, I think it was almost six years or something like that. Um, it was certainly, um, something to get used to just, you know, the fact that he wasn't there anymore, um, more so than getting used to the new TJ. Mm -hmm. Um, because Taquan and I were so close. We would hang out outside of work and, and I love Taquan. He's still, he's my baby. (laughs) He always will be. (laughs) Um, but Taj is, he's so talented and he's so great to work with. And he is genuinely just probably the sweetest person I've ever met. He's such a little gentleman. He's a very, very, very nice guy. Agreed. But when, when he joined the show, I mean, you were actually like the veteran, even though you're so young. So was there anything you did to help him sort of find his way or any suggestions or tips you gave him when he started? Sure. Like, um, we, uh, we have a very weird schedule when we do things and we'll block and then we'll rehearse and then we'll shoot. And not everybody realizes that you don't have to give it your all when you're blocking and rehearsing. You kind of, you save it until, until you shoot. Um, and so I, I told him about that because he would, we would have like emotional scenes and he would kind of get himself really emotional in blocking. And I'd be like, Hey baby, it's okay. You can save that for yourself. Um, and you know, we just, we, we run lines together and we always try to get our timing right and make sure all of, all of that is smooth and it sounds real. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really it. He's, he's so talented and he really kind of, knew what he was doing right from the get-go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, I saw like a real mix of opinions among fans online when Molly turned down TJ's marriage proposal and all the stuff <laughs> that she was saying about being against the institution of marriage, um, largely because of like how gung-ho she had been about marriage earlier in her earlier in her life. Where do you fall on that? Do you think it was in character or out of character or like somewhere in between? I think that it was in character for who Molly has become. Um, And maybe that hasn't really been portrayed on screen. And so it was kind of tough for viewers to catch up and be like, wait, what? How is this happening now? But for me personally, like being Molly, I, I see how the change happened and it wasn't overnight. And she has been exposed to so many failed marriages and, and terrible things that come with marriage and the institution of marriage. And I don't know, for me, it's like, of course, Molly would be kind of turned off to the idea. She has no good example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. And also judging her based on, cause again, like the character was so young when she started, like judging her based right. on how she felt then is probably not how, you know, 
most people yeah. then feel however many years later. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, and uh, Mar and I were also discussing how totally into the Molly Brando drama we are. Oh, um, yeah. So did you get a heads up from anyone at the show that you were getting a big new story or did you find out because the scripts kept pouring in? No, I, I did actually get a little bit of a heads up from Frank, which was really nice because I, um, I had a little bit of time to prepare. <laughs> um, and I totally checked out Johnny before I actually met him. just wanted to see what I was getting myself into. <laughs> so, yes, the, the heads up was great. <laughs> what did, Well, what did Frank say to you? Like, what did he uh, tell you to, to get you in the know? He kind of let me know way ahead of time that I was going to turn TJ's proposal down. And then he, as we got closer to that, he started to tell me, more details, like TJ was going to get kidnapped and then something was going to happen, but he didn't tell me what exactly was going to happen. And, <laughs> and then as we got a lot closer, he told me that I was going to sleep with the new boy in town. <laughs> and were you excited about that or were you like shocked? Oh no, I was so excited. I, I, I've been ready. <laughs> I've been ready for it. <laughs> um, well, like, what about, you know, it's, it's like, it's sort of like an unmolly thing to do in a way. Um, but what were, like, when you say you were ready for it, were you ready for some drama? Were you ready to just, like, explore different avenues of the character? Like, you know, I'm, I certainly have my ideas about why I was excited about the twist, but I want to know yours. Um, kind of all of the above. There, there was so much for me, uh, that came with Molly sleeping with someone else. Like she's always been such a, a goody goody, you know? And so this, this was kind of her way of moving away from being a goody goody without intending to do any harm, you know, Mm -hmm. like she still made a mistake, but it wasn't intentional and there was no malintent behind it. So, um, it's just, it's been exciting to, to be a different side of, of Molly and yeah, to explore different avenues and also dealing with the guilt that she's now wracked with. Mm -hmm. So do you think that Molly and Brando have genuine romantic potential? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good triangle. We'll say that. (laughs) I, I like the triangle. I think the triangle is really fun. I'm always down for a good love triangle. What I really like about the way that they've set it up, Haley, is that like no one's the bad guy. Like TJ wasn't the bad guy for getting kidnapped and Molly didn't know he was kidnapped when she slept with Brando. And, you know, Brando just like met a young lady who caught his eye. Like it's easy to root for everyone, you know? Sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you want to root for everybody because nobody intentionally did anything wrong. Except, right. I mean, of all the ways for it to happen, this sort of, you know, Molly has such an easy out, you know? <laughs> sure. Totally. Well, she, she might not necessarily think so, but yeah. <laughs> well, we saw, like, Molly get, you know, uh, some opinions from the peanut gallery, her sisters, this week about what she should do and whether she should come clean with TJ. What would, like, your advice to her be? Oh my gosh, this is so funny. I, this might make me sound terrible but I totally agree with Christina (laughs) she just (laughs) not tell TJ yeah it's only gonna hurt TJ more Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
All right. Yeah, Christina had a pretty good argument. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> that. That doesn't make me sound fantastic. <laughs> no. no, you're trying to spare his feelings. It makes you sound great. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want him to be happy. That's it. <laughs> uh, now we've seen such a positive fan reaction to seeing more of Molly and you getting a storyline. You know, what does that mean to you that the fans are so behind you and your character? Oh my gosh, it means everything to me. I I love it. I I love that people love Molly as much as I love Molly. Like being able to be Molly is one of my favorite things in life. And so to have anybody um enjoy it even half as much as I do is really validating and and really really nice. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a job you took on at the age of 10. And here we are talking to you almost 11 years later. Like, did you ever imagine that this job would last as long as it has? Oh my gosh. No, I, I actually, when I, when I booked GH, I had been really into the old soap opera, Dark Shadows with my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. we watched that together and I, there was one character who had like a, a, a just a couple weeks of a storyline, and her name was Angelique. And I remember when I booked it, I said to my dad, "Oh, is this going to be like an Angelique thing? Am I going to be on for like two weeks?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, at the time, my dad said, "I don't know, honey. Don't get your hopes up." Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely exceeded. Both of our expectations. (laughs) Do you ever look back at your old scenes or like from when you were so young and see, and like you've grown up on camera? Oh my gosh, I totally did grow up on camera. Um, Sometimes people will tweet me old scenes. Like just recently I saw the the Dunkahunk from the carnival. Oh, wow. (laughs) I, I was so little. I didn't realize how little I was. And that was when I first started too. I think that was only a couple months after I, I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, so, it's really wild. Are there yeah. ever any like periods that you see where you're like, oh, I don't want, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need to see this again. Or <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sure there are a few things that I would mind not seeing again, but luckily. <laughs> They haven't been sent to me, and I'm not going looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, Haley, you once told me that you feel like you went through your awkward period before you joined General Hospital because I think there was something about um, wearing a lot of scarves with peace signs on them when you were oh like my God. eight years old. <laughs> Mara has a great memory. No matter what you tell her, she'll remember wow. it. Wow, that's rough. That's a rough one. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to deny that that was an awkward period, (laughs) but I don't think that was my only awkward period. (laughs) I've definitely had more since then. And and they have been on the show. So it's, it's rough. That's hilarious. I still, Um, by the way, want some justice for Molly because I feel like uh, if she's, you know, trying to pay for law school. Remember, she wrote a freaking book. I want answers. Where are the royalties? Thank you. (laughs) You know, I agree. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's, that's how Molly and TJ are paying rent. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Never know. (laughs) 
Um, so tell us how you've been doing just since the whole sheltering in place has gone on. Like, what have you been up to? How have you been spending your time? Oh, I have been watching so much Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is my new favorite activity, along with eating, which is also an activity. Um, <laughs> um, I FaceTime with my friends all day, every day. Um, I've actually, you know, I, I've started working out with my best friend every morning. She's like my personal trainer. So she's, she's great. It's, it's really nice. Um, and it brings a little bit of routine and structure back into both of our lives, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Are you doing it like over the so. computer? Yeah. Just over FaceTime. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Now, did you start from the beginning of Real Housewives? Like have you binge from season one? I did actually. Yeah. And now I think I'm on season six or something and I am, I'm so invested. <laughs> totally. I, I'm very up to date. So. Okay. <laughs> it's a crazy, it's a crazy transition though. Like to oh, see some yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I guess there was just an announcement, uh, that, Zane and Gigi are having a baby, and my first thought was, Yolanda's gonna be a grandma. <laughs> Hi, mine too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. That was how I texted my friends. I was like, Oh my god, Yolanda's gonna be a grandmother. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad you've been using this time productively because this is this is required. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hi, exactly. It's it's good for your brain. Totally, totally. Um, so obviously we hope you are like at GH for like many, many, many years to come, but what are your like career goals outside of GH if, if they exist? Um, I would love to do some more movies and, um, it'd be really cool to have a series. Um, I don't know. i really, I want to do, I want to do everything and anything and whatever comes my way. I'm so ready to take it on. The only thing you won't do is tell us if you're team Brando or team TJ. Oh no, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> that just wouldn't be fair. <laughs> smart All girl, right. smart girl. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I, I'm team Molly. <laughs> there you All go. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Well, we thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to talk to you. Yeah, this was so great. Thank you guys so much again for having me. This was awesome. And And we look forward to seeing what's next. Yes, and congratulations for being Soap Opera Digest's Performer of the Week in the new issue. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited about that. I had no idea. (laughs) Yes, very well deserved. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, well, have a great day and hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Haley Pulos for being our guest. If you like this podcast, we're on Spotify, so listen on Spotify. Please pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>